Welcome to Uncontained, episode 112. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and uh, right now I'm currently in an airport in Des Moines, Iowa, waiting to fly back to the Bay Area. I am. I was just in town for one of my friend's weddings, the most metal wedding ever, I would have to say. Yes, metal and matrimony, that is what I'm going to tag it as. Congratulations to Grinch and Liz for, uh, you know, doing their thing, tying the knot in their own style. And uh, I appreciate you guys having me be a part of it. This show today is a very fun one. I talked to a filmmaker, his name's Antonio CT, and and we get talking about some really cool things that he goes on. We get talking about some really cool things that he has going on, including an upcoming interactive horror movie and with zombies and zombie chickens Possibly. We'll see if those make it in or not. But that is all coming up on this show. It is a fun talk. We go a little bit all over the place and uh, jump around. I appreciate everybody who has been supporting the show. And you can now find Uncontained on Patreon. That's right. You can become a Patreon and get a shout out on the show. Thank you to all the patrons that are already supporting the show. I appreciate it, and I look forward to putting out more great content for you as well. So, Antonio CT, coming up here, it will be a fun episode. You're going to want to stick around this one to the end, right here on Uncontained. How are you doing today, Antonio? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, so, what have you been up to, man? Uh, a lot of things. Uh, I just came up from um, from finishing wrapping up a music video. Uh, the name is called No Me Arrepiento. It's a music video from a song that comes from something, uh, what's it called? A cumbia from the 60s from Argentina. And any Argentinian would actually know about this song. I didn't know until actually uh, the project came to us. And we're working on this for a, for a couple of months. Right now, they just send it to the billboards, and hopefully, we're gonna get a nomination, and we'll see. Oh, very cool! And who's the artist on that? The name of her, well, the name of the singer, her, uh, it's Soleil J, like Sergio Soleil, and it's feature Mafia, uh, another producer. Like uh, he's really big in Miami, actually. All right, very cool. So, um, yeah, when I was talking to you about coming on the show, you sent me a link to check out uh, that music video. And uh, you actually have some pretty cool people besides the artists in there, too. Not, not taking away anything from the artists, but the name that stood out to me was Luis Guzman. Yeah, uh, Luis Guzman. Like, part of the, the work that I do, or actually uh, the people that I'm working with, uh, I'm with this company. It's called Supersonics Media. And um, originally, when I started working with them, they brought me in because they wanted to expand and make a like this 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 part of the company uh, devoted for production. So I'm the one who actually they brought to just create the production side of the company. The other side of the company is a PR and social media marketing company, and we manage a lot of talent. So Luis Guzman is actually one of the talents that we manage. Oh, really? And, yeah, and uh, this year the the, the Latin Grammys, you know, what happened uh, in Vegas as usually and the owner of the company she was there 
uh, you know, doing the PR work, uh, handling uh, Luis Guzman, and they met uh, Johnny, <clears throat> the the husband of, um, of of Soleil, and Soleil J actually at this thing, and they just start talking, and they're like, hey, you know what, like, maybe we can work together, uh, we would love to have actually Luis Guzman uh, for the next music video, and this is how it started. So that's cool. It happened kind of organically. Like it wasn't like, oh, have your agent talk to my agent, and uh, we'll try to get you in the video. It was like, hey, they met at an award show, started a natural conversation. We're like, hey, I like you. I like your work. Want to do a music video? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that, and it's and it's super fun. It's like they they're the talent and they're the stars, so they they, they can actually afford to do that. When you when you ask a director or producer once you're like, hey, can I work with you? Like, oh, yeah, you might want to talk to my manager. So <laughs> <laughs> they they get to do that. Plus, uh, the husband Johnny Falcon, he's uh, he has he has been manager of uh, like really really big you know big names like Martha, Mark Anthony, okay, uh, people like that. So it isn't the best benefit, you know, best interest of everyone. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he has a little clout himself. Uh, so. All right, I can see how that kind of kind of came about. So, uh, what was your role in uh, producing this uh, video? Uh, that, that that's super funny because this the story I'm going to tell you happens all the time. So, okay, uh, it, the um, they decided like we want we have this music video, we have this song that we have been producing with Mafia, and it's going to be ready in like a month. So, um, <clears throat> in uh, in one month or less. Luis Guzman is gonna to come to LA. This is the, the perfect time to actually shoot it. And w when actually they follow us, that month was split in half. It was just two weeks left. And they were like, okay, uh, I would really like a little more to produce this because you know the song is still not the last version of it. So yeah. is it gonna be actually the you know, like the, the last version? Is it gonna change at all? Is there gonna be more lyrics in there? It's gonna be pretty much that. Okay, fine. So we just got a little bit uneasy, and then they start actually talking. We start actually pre doing the production. Uh, for example, like you know, like uh, the whole uh, dealing with SAG, it's always a little bit restrictive when it comes to timing because you need to get it like quite in advance. So we had to actually pull our strings to get it in like permits so we can work with Lucas Mine and other SAG people. Okay. Right on time. And at this point, at this time, I was just doing production. So uh, nobody knew who, at this time, no one knew who was going to be directing it because Luis Guzman wanted to direct it. And then another person came, um, his name is Jaime Camille. Uh, actually, he was uh, he was in the Oscars recently. He's another Mexican talent. He was a house show and also an actor. Okay. And he went to, he went to direct it as well. And then Mafia, the producer, he wanted to direct the music video as well. So everybody wanted to direct the music video. <laughs> All right. And then the Wendy Pineda, who's the, the owner of Supersonics Media, uh, the production company that I, I work with, she uh, she's the one who started kind of like pushing me, like you know what, like no, like let's let's have our, you know our people let us let us do it because none of you are here, you cannot just come and show up and you're like okay let's make this happen, uh, and you know things doesn't work as well. We have our team. Uh, this is a team that I have been kind of like trying to conform in the last in the last four and a half years, and. Uh, Suddenly, like literally one week before, he's like, "Okay, fine, you're gonna direct it," and then everything just kind of like rolled from there. And this is okay. something that happens very often to me. Like, uh, I just get called like uh, two years ago, same thing. I was called uh, to shoot, uh, to produce a feature film after uh, being being working with production for like two months. Suddenly, like, "Hey, can you please call direct this with me?" And then I end up directing the whole thing by myself. 
<laughs> Fair enough. So, well, yeah, it's kind of kind of nice being able to stumble in on stumble into that. I guess like come to help direct, <laughs> and it's a little added responsibility, I guess. But you know, it's a nice credit to add. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not gonna complain, and it's always fun. And directing is the thing that I love the most. Is uh, what it feels more natural for me. Okay, I don't mind producing. Uh, I love writing, but producing is not as fun. Right. What are some for of the, like? producing in like like an audio standpoint and producing in video standpoint two totally different things what are some of the responsibilities of like a video producer that one might not think it happened to be this kind of question for example uh happened to me a lot mostly when i moved here to la um and uh, i don't know they kind of like imagine that uh the producer the producer was the one directing and doing the whole thing okay and I kind of like always compare when it comes to media, like uh, audiovisual projects, I always compare this, you know, to a, a corporation. Like uh, the producer, it is most like the CEO. All right. He's the one kind of like trying to manage the finance, knowing that the that money's, you know, in a good place, that everything's safe, that you have all the tools to play with. And a director is more like a chairman. Is the one that is in charge, is the one who has a vision, and is the one who's kind of like controlling all the pieces. So everything makes sense with the tools that you're getting, you know, from the CEO. All right. Or from, you know, like maybe, a, a you know, like a board of directors. And uh, in, in this case, it's like that. Like producing, producing is just about putting the pieces together, like uh, knowing the money. If the money is, is just set up in place, that's, that's perfect. But everything after that is just purely either bureaucratic or it just, I mean, it's uh, managing all the, all the different parts of it, like, the funds, uh, knowing who to hire, uh, scheduling, uh, and later on doing, you know, like just all the accounting stuff, uh, signing contracts and dealing with unions. So it is kind of like more just office work. Okay. Yeah. I was going to, it's like, I was going to say the paraphrase, it sounds like more the producer is like the business end of it, uh, taking care of all of that. And then the director, there's still some business, but it's more artistic expression and, uh, making sure everything on the set is going as it's going. Am I correct? Or yeah. The, and well, yeah, but the director has, um, the director has also the responsibility of going into production, of course, with the, with the producer because he's the one who is mostly requiring or asking talking to the team and everything is prepared in advance so there's a lot the director actually has their input beforehand and also afterwards uh for this one i actually edit the the cut because they wanted for me to cut it okay uh, they saw my previous my previous work i work as an editor uh, as well uh, not my favorite thing because it stresses me out a lot <laughs> and yeah like uh, this is one of the things where it's kind of like a i laugh because better. i edit like I've done a little video editing, but I mainly edit audio and that yeah. can be stressful. But having <laughs> to match that up with a picture is like, oh no, pull out all my hair. <laughs> oh no, and if I tell you the stories of these ones, because uh, we shot everything in LA. And then the funny part of this one is that later on, they decided to have like a change with the song. So it was remastered and then it was, well, I'm not going to say completely different, but like at least 40% different of actually the song that we were using as playback on set here in Los Angeles. Okay. So <clears throat> they decided like, okay, we want for this guy, the other guy to sing a little bit more because um, Mafia, the, the the feature guy, he wanted, he wanted to be in there as well. 
and the song is really good. I actually it's really catchy. I, I actually love it. But we have to we have to have something set up in Miami, and um, like all the footage that was shot in there, it didn't exactly match with the things that we shot here because uh, we couldn't go there uh, due to you know time restrictions. Yeah. So that was quite challenging. Like trying to do like you know color correction, trying to match actually the intensity and also kind of, kind of like the style of it uh, ended up being like something good at the end of the day, but it is stressful as an editor to try to, you know, to match something that is just that uh, just, just to, to say an example, like you have action and you have comedy and then you're trying to put it together. Sometimes match, sometimes they don't. Yeah, definitely. You're trying to find it right away. Right on, man. Right on. So uh, I did see the video and it does look good. I, uh, I, you, you did a good job of making things match up. I wasn't like, dude, that is totally in uh, Florida. That is totally in LA. <laughs> and whatever this editor did, man, I don't know what. No. <laughs> That's good. That's good to know. No, no, it, it looked good. It looked. I I enjoyed the video, and it was really cool seeing uh, Louise Guzman in there as well. Um, were there any any funny stories of Louise on set? Oh my God, Luis Guzman, uh, he's quite a character. Um, <clears throat> on, you know, in front of the camera and behind the camera, and he's, uh, he's extremely professional. But also he has kind of like this vibe. He has worked with a lot of super famous stars. And th this is a guy who also was, you know, was raised uh, partially in New York, and then he, gives, he doesn't give a shit about anything. So you can feel the vibe when he's coming in on set, and everybody's like, oh, he's here. And... Uh, like I don't know. Um, I, I, like everything was like super straightforward, you know, with him. Uh, he's not a lot in the music video. He has, you know, like a very important role uh, in it, but we couldn't have him a lot, so we just have him for like three or four hours stops. Yeah. We just brought him, you know, like okay, uh, makeup, just changing for wardrobe, uh, just wait a little bit while we're finishing this thing, and then the moment he comes, it is like he kind of like took control over the over the thing for a second which okay. is like okay no 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 let's 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 go back a little bit not out of uh ego but it is like i'm the one behind the camera so i actually can't see what's happening so it, that is that is one of the fun things that you know like and i have seen it before like people like this they're so professional and they know like their thing and they're just so spot on on what they're doing that we were shooting the part when uh, at the beginning they're talking, uh, Luis Guzman and Soleil they're talking and they're just kind of like sharing, you know, like a, a shot of tequila or something. And Luis Guzman just sit down. He delivers his lines uh, as always. An ambulance is just running, you know, outside. <laughs> and then he's the one who stops. He's like, "Shall we wait for the sound?" He's like, "Okay, yeah, thank you." Let's wait for sound. <laughs> and then he just kind of like called the shows like that. He like, yeah, I know, but thanks for it. Like he, he doesn't even wait. He just like spot on. And same thing. Like he just delivered lines. Uh, we caught, we, we were doing his close-ups and then we got to Soleil. And then he kind of like doesn't like the way she's reacting in the first couple of lines. And then, and then he just go, shall we give, shall we, let's, let's give her another one. Let's give her another one. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm like feeding her shots. Yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to be kind of like more polite at that point, like not to tell her like, hey, maybe we want to do another one just immediately so she doesn't feel self-conscious. Uh, he's just like, let's do another one, by the way. Like, <laughs> just keep going. So he's right actually on. like super funny when it comes to that. But uh, he's extremely respectful. 
and uh, I have had opportunity to actually, you know, being around him uh, a couple of times for different reasons, like personally and in work. Uh, he's an amazing character. Like recently, we went to to watch the show um, Staples Centers. You know, Gabriel, Gabriel Iglesias, Fluffy. Yeah, yeah. So we went, we went, and we got VIP tickets because we were with him. So at the end of the show, we go uh, backstage, and there's like a huge line, right? There's like uh, like 20 people waiting actually to go into the VIP room to just say say hi to Fluffy after the show. Yeah, for the meet and greet and all that good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. This was just was kind of like the VIP, like just not even meet agree, just uh, very, very few people because they have another two different rooms for that. Okay. But uh, these were just kind of like the, the coolest one because we were, we were with Luis Guzman. They like okay, just go ahead. <laughs> and nice. The, this these guys, the security, were kind of like stopping everyone. Like no, no, no. Like we let you know what is gonna happen. And Luis Guzman, like sure, you know what? I'm just gonna go and talk to him. And then he just lets his MCL. He doesn't. He doesn't give a shit. He's like super fun. <laughs> And then after him, everybody followed, and that's it. But right no, I guess he's a great person. Very cool. It's nice to get that star treatment every once in a while, even if it's just <laughs> riding along with somebody else. Uh, but um, so we were talking just a little bit before the show, just switching gears just a little bit here. And uh, you have another project coming out. And I'll preface this by the way you kind of started talking about it. You're like, you know, I really don't like Christmas, but I love Halloween. Like, Halloween <laughs> is your Christmas. And, you know, I, I love Halloween as well. I've had some pretty crazy costumes in the past. But uh, what is Howlers? Well, yeah, uh, first of all, is I just despise Christmas. I, I'm the Grinch, so you gotta understand why <laughs> Halloween is so important. Uh, one of my best costumes ever actually was Jack Sparrow, but I tell you more about that All later. Right. All right. Um, to 2015, you know, like the whole VR, uh, 360 augmented reality, start kind of like just bombarding us and yeah. then there was a lot of goggles and then you have oculus and then you have all these uh, cameras to shoot in 360 and they just start packing everywhere right you got you go to best buy and then you could see them like like actually really 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 expensive like the, the nokia ones were like ten thousand dollars but anyway so all this technology started just kind of like bombarding us and youtube uh Vimeo, you could actually start uploading your videos in 360 so people could actually watch it and then you can do content. My director of photography, Eric Jonas, and me, like we started, we started actually exploring this, these projects. And as usual, we realized that most of it was shit. <laughs> the content is really poor. Like the content, yeah. is, it is not compelling. Uh, if you have something that is kind of like nature or more like, you know, like landscapes or something that is urban, you can just look around and that's it. Or uh, there's, it is used a lot, for for example, for horror. But then if you're actually looking at something that is virtuality and then you're just looking around and then you miss the, you know, like the big jump, you just miss it. Like you have to go and do a playback and then you cannot follow up the story uh, in an organic way when there's no suspension of disbelief as, as, if, as you would have it in a regular movie. Yeah. Without actually rewinding every two seconds. So starting in 2015, uh, I started working on a theory on how to develop properly narrative projects for this kind of uh, for this kind of technology. 
And after two years of research and analysis, I, I, I'm still not done, of course, not ready to publish, but I actually managed to put together a compendium that I call Thulos. So based on that, I wrote the first script. Uh, I, was, I was pitching and talking to certain people to see how I was going to approach the first uh, project of this. And someone told me, like, hey, you know what, what, why don't you do something that is horror? Because the audience for horror is much more forgiving. Like, sometimes you can screw up a little bit more, but that's fine. They're still going to consume it. They're still going to like it. And I was like, okay, you know what? That kind of, like, makes sense. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do, um, do a horror thing. I'm going to do a zombie because I love zombies. So right I'm gonna do, I explored the different options. But uh, out of three different ones, like, the zombie one won. So pretty much Howlers, it is... Uh, one of them can actually show it is, it is a ride if i want to explain way easier it is it is a ride when you as an audience you can actually go and walk through the through the through the whole experience and leave it as if you were living a movie so how how will you be able to do this is it something you have to go to like a theater or a theme park and do or is it something that with the right equipment you can watch from uh, your house as you're doing netflix and chilling no, this is something that actually it has to be presential. You actually have to go to the place that we're going to construct. We're actually, uh, we, 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 right now, the whole project is written. The whole project is, you know, it's in a budget and we know what we need. So the signs are being made as we speak. And we're just waiting for uh, certain, you know, for, for the budget to actually land in so we can go into production, uh, construction, production, and also be ready for this September and October. It would be just an attraction, uh, of course, seasonal, for people in Los Angeles to just come, have fun, uh, enjoy like a, a couple of hours, and they just go home. Mostly, okay. like you would spend, uh, you know, going to a theater play. Okay, cool. So, um, what what is Howlers like? I as we were talking a little bit earlier, you mentioned it's kind of like a haunted hay rack ride or something like that. Like, can you give? Can you give any idea to what might happen? I don't want you to give everything away right now, but just something so people can get a better grasp mentally of what Howlers is. Uh, for example, like Hunter, Hunter Hair, right? I mentioned it because uh, it's my, it's kind of, it would be my competition immediately. Not okay. only that, um, I'm talking about the one in Griffith Park, uh, of course. Um I can I can say the same thing for horror nights, for example, or not very farm. Like anything that has like a theme, horror themed rides for Halloween, they would be their immediate competition. Um, this thing, pretty much, the difference is that every time that you go to any of these places, it is just for you to just to get scary and jump and jump and that's it. Like uh, I don't know, if you go to horror nights, you go into these maze rooms and then someone jumps on you. Just creep the hell out of your lungs, and uh, <laughs> you know that generally just keep pumping. The difference with what I'm attempting, it is actually the fact that I construct a compelling story. You're actually following characters. So there's two things. <clears throat> in this in, in this project that we're trying to create, we're trying to place the people, the audience, inside of a story as if they were actually living a movie. Okay. So at the same time that they're experiencing their own thing. They can actually follow characters that that actually are going through you know their own drama. You can choose to ignore them if you want to just and, and they just focus on yours. But there's so much happening around you 
that it is impossible for you to lose track of what's happening, such as it would happen in real life. If you would be, uh, you know, in the center of, uh, you know, in the middle of a mall and then something bad would start happening, like a fire, the experience is different for every person. But everybody actually understands and knows what's happening. You don't miss what's happening. You're going to have a different point of view of this. So Haldors, uh, based on my theory and Thulus, it is exactly the same thing. We're trying to actually keep the, the experience of, of life, but mix up with what it, what would it be for you to leave a movie if you could. And then, of course, there's a, there's, cool. a, there's a specific goal for everyone to, to happen. So in this case, we're talking about zombies. So for what I can tell you is like this, the, the goal for everyone is try to survive because they're, they're <laughs> going to be, gonna be chasing you and there's going to be people dying around you. So and in a very, very graphic and dramatic way. So that's fun because when you, when you for example, inside of immersive theater, when you're, when you're inside of these uh, haunted you know, houses at uh, Universal and everything like that, you cannot be touched. Like people cannot approach you. Yeah. And, uh, Would that be looks- different in this? Would you have to sign a waiver saying you can stab me <clears throat> or something? <laughs> Kind of, yes. Yeah, like we can actually touch them, but also there's a certain restrictions. Everybody's safe. And uh, of course, considering that I have, you know, like a background in um, in stunts as well, safety is like super, super important. So, yeah, there's there's a whole team to actually make it happen, but it is going to be something really, really different. Okay, very cool. I'm I'm excited to see what you what you come out with when you get it. Uh, you were talking about going and getting funding, and uh, you weren't messing around with the little uh, GoFundMe's or the uh, you know uh, Kickstarters. You're like, I want to go talk to the sharks. You, yes. you you're auditioning for to go on. You're pitching Shark Tank to take you on, correct? Yes. Uh, it it is it is. It's funny. Uh, I wrote this thing, and I, I was trying to make it happen last year, but it, of course, it was just like a extremely. It was extremely short notice. So when uh, I, I got some uh, some investors actually interested, the money came in, and then there was a moment when I pulled the plug out. And well, you know what? No, we don't have enough resources, and I don't have the time to actually make it happen. I'm gonna wait for the right time. The investors went away, so we're gonna start from scratch, which always makes it funny. <laughs> so now we, we're going to, we're going ahead uh, again, and uh, I started you know looking around. I've been pitching it to several companies, and I keep just listening to the same. Like I don't, you know, we don't know how to market this, and it's like I, do, I that I can do because the company that you know that that, that, that I'm working with, we have all the contacts for uh, you know for press and media here in LA, uh, and we know how actually how to market, how to project people, and we know how to bring some talent to actually catch the eye. And influencers so we know this just bring the money and they were like yeah no so i was just one day kind of like a little bit depressed after a meeting and then i was talking to my mom and then she was like oh, you should you should go to shark tank but she just said it as a joke <laughs> and they were like wait that's not a bad idea so i just went and started doing research and then it happened that there was an audition here in california literally a week after that really and they were like okay might as well so just rented a car, drove to Palm Springs, and uh, just went and do you know my pitch. It was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. So which shark do you think has the best chance of biting on this? Oh my God, that's uh, actually uh, one of the things that. Uh, okay, so 
Mark Cuban would be the actual answer. That's Which, that's what I was thinking too. That or uh, or uh, Robert. What's that? Uh, Robert. I, actually, I was thinking Damon. The, Damon has a lot of context, yes, and uh, and and he knows he know he knows how to work with the media. Like he's really good at that. But uh, there's two things. Robert, um, he has this background not only of directing, but also for what I know, he uh, he directed the broadcast of the Olympics in Bosnia Sarajevo. Really? And uh, yeah, like he was super young and I don't know how he got it. So he, I'm pretty sure that there's a very interesting story there. I just know that as a fact. But Mark Cuban, even though he is the one who has the most money of everyone else, and he ha he owns, if I'm correct, uh, a chain of theaters, like a film theaters, and he has also um, a bro bro broadcast company, if I'm and correct. And the Dallas Mavericks. And... Well, the Dallas Mavericks, yeah. Well, he owns, <laughs> half of, yeah. He owns Dallas. <laughs> Yeah, no, but not only that. Here's this is a this is a funny thing. The haunted hayride from Beauhead Park went to Shark Tank in 2014 and asked for two million dollars for actually expanding the show. And actually, Mark Cuban is the one who invested in them. So here's mm. the catch: if I actually get to get in there, I don't know if he would be interested in investing in this because it would be competition. Yeah, I was gonna say it might have a little bit of a conflict of interest or like, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That makes it a little bit difficult. Uh, we will see, but that doesn't matter. Like, if it doesn't happen, that is that is more like a hail mary, going to Shark Tank. If it happens, happens. Plus, they're gonna be shooting in July, if I'm correct. So by that time, it's already like not a good time for me. It's, it's past uh, my time frame. So if I if it happens and I'm you know. I get to be standing there and, and giving a pitch. Yeah, it is always great to have, you know, like people with that amount of contact and power and, uh, you know, influence to actually help you construct or uh, enhance the company that you already have. So, of course, it would be great, but not for this season at least. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to wait till uh, next October uh, to be able to do that. So, oh man, that, that'd be really cool though. I'm, I, I can't wait till you actually get that up and running i'd be i'd be down to be in a horror movie um setting anyway and running from zombies and uh you know serial killers that can walk and catch up with you no matter how fast you run or a type thing like michael myers but correct me if i'm wrong but you may have mentioned that you like wanted to have some big names for attraction in there would you have like some bigger name actors or some pseudo big name actors in there in the horror industry not big names per se. I'm, I'm not talking about like A-listers, but people who are like uh, big enough to uh, pose as influencers. Like people who are big names in horror. Like say like maybe not like an A-list celebrity, but um, there's like say Bruce Campbell or something okay. like that where he he's like known for horror and like that would get people flocking there. Yeah, like one of one of the things, um, like uh, well, well, for example, like uh, one of one of the amazing things about me working with uh, with Supersonics Media is uh, well, two things. A, uh, th these are the people who actually because I'm from Mexico City, so this is the company that is my sponsor to actually work here. Okay, and we have an, an amazing relationship, and we have 
done like so many projects in this. I've been with them like over three years now. But one of the things is that the Wendy Pineda, she's amazing to when it comes to networking. Like she's just like a networking beast. Uh, <laughs> right on. Like this, that, that is a talent. Like that, that is something that is just a natural talent. And I'm really good at the, you know, like being creative and constructing stories. That is kind of like my forte. But Wendy is just like amazing with it. Like if we go to a party, if we if we're in a red carpet, if we're in a, if we're in a post party, and then you just let her be there. She's just gonna come out with like I don't know the phone number of everyone that actually she wanted to have the phone number, and then she's gonna start doing business like three days after that or or less. So within like all of this network, uh, all these people that we have been working with, uh, there's a next spot. I don't know if you have heard of uh, it. It's called um, Scarlet. Scarlet is um, it's an expo. It's like actually really huge. Uh, it happens in August, and pretty much like a lot of shows, uh, a lot of like different um, different stores or people who actually do like cosplay or whatever comes and sell either sell their things for all this audience who actually love, you know, like horror or people like, uh, you know, like the, the producers of, um, uh, not very form and, um, universal, uh, Honda, like horror nights or <clears throat> six flags, same thing. And, uh, and Disney, they come and then just, uh, do like a two hour presentation on what is it going to be each year for the rights for the, for that Halloween. Okay. Uh, it is a huge audience. Like thousands and thousands of people actually come come there. Like last time I saw Elvira, and there's always kind of like these personalities. Uh, you know, as you're saying, you know, like in the in the realm of actually the horror thing. So we were we have been doing for two years in a row, like to actually PR and a little bit of social media marketing for them. And uh, you know, through these people and through all the work that we have been doing, but it would it, it is it, it is not it would be, it wouldn't be like really difficult actually to bring one or two personalities yeah yeah and they can even like just do like turn like get somebody from uh since it's zombies get somebody from the walking dead when it's like they're not shooting or whatever to come there that'd be really cool and you know what i think if you got big enough like you wouldn't even have to do it just in october people would come there and i'd do it in july (laughs) You know, you know what? This is what I was saying to producers uh, last year, and I were like, you know what? I, I'm, if if I have, a, I, I release it in yeah, during Christmas, and I just put, you know, like Christmas trees everywhere and some decorations, and you know, zombies attack, you know, all year long. So why not? And actually, one of the things though, about this show is that I want for it to be to go on tour. Okay. So, yeah, it is meant to start here in LA, but the idea is for it to expand and then uh, to be able to launch it in two, this, two different cities at the same time. So I have a target on like at least 10 of cities uh, around the U.S. to actually just put it all the way from coast to coast. That that would be really cool. Uh, and I was thinking like you were talking about Christmas, like doing it at Christmas instead of zombies have it like possessed elves and like Mrs. Claus is like some <laughs> psycho axe murderer or something like that. I don't know. I'm just brainstorming. You don't have to take my ideas or whatever, but um... <laughs> no, that, that, that would be cool. Like the, the only bad part is that part of this show is recorded. It's pre-recorded. So uh, some of it, it just goes in studio and just stay the way it is all year round. Uh... But 
there's certain things that you can change. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For Thanksgiving, have like uh, have like possessed turkeys or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> zombie turkeys. There you go. You can yeah, stick with the zombies. <laughs> that would be so freaky. But yeah. they're waddling after you, all creepy like, dragging one leg behind. Uh, I was I was trying to imagine how you know like a turkey zombie would sound like. They're, they're freaky as it is. Yeah, one of them with like, you know, a little thing hanging from their neck. I think it's called a waddle, <laughs> like halfway falling yeah. off, a beak off or something like that. You know, zombies don't always look all together. One wing dragging behind. Uh. I know. It reminds <laughs> of, of, of one episode of South Park when there's kind of like a the creepy, what's it called? Oh, Cabot? yes. Uh, gobbles. <laughs> uh, Timmy. Like, Timmy. Gobbles. Yeah, gobble, gobble. <laughs> yeah. Timmy. <laughs> That is exactly the kind of zombies that I would imagine. Like, uh. <laughs> Except for creepy and not kind of like, aww. <laughs> <coughs> that would be so much fun. That would be, man. That would be. I'm sorry. I had to let you look inside my mind there for a minute. but <laughs> I'll, I'll pick on your mind later on when he's like, yeah, we're going to go to San Francisco. So, yeah. All right. All right. Sounds good, man. Uh, bring you know that to the Bay area. area. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I have a few final, I have a few questions that I ask all my guests here. And one of them, I, I just have to ask you, I want to know what your, what your take is on this. What would be your advice for somebody to get into the entertainment industry? You seem like a guy who isn't afraid to go outside the box, like go straight to Shark Tank and be like, Hey, can I... Can I get some of that uh, for my zombies? Uh, <laughs> but uh, what is some advice that you would have to give uh, people who are looking to get started out in uh, acting or directing? Ooh, okay. Uh, it is funny because they're quite different. But like, like, acting? No, no, no. That's fine. Leave it there. It's always fun. No, no. But um, the, the thing is that most of my best, best friends here are actors. And actually, I go with them and side by side and the suffering that is just uh, you know getting nose all the time <laughs> and uh, since my, a lot of my background actually comes from marketing uh, as well but also business and uh, i you know i have uh, i created three companies in my life uh two extremely successful and they were so much fun like uh, the first one that i did was a production company a party production company okay and we we had only like one uh one one party that like we were actually worked hard to do it was a wedding it was a wedding uh, a friend of one of the one of the people involved one of the partners so we didn't sign a contract because you know there's kind of an honor with yeah you know, it's, it's a friendship okay so yeah. suddenly we were like hey you know what like we're gonna get the flowers from this from this uh, you know these people like, okay fine and then, hey, you know what? Like, we got like the music from these people. Like, okay, fine. And then, like, every day or every like sometimes, like it's every every two hours, we would be kind of like lose something from this contract. We end up only bringing the cake. <laughs> at the end of the day, it was like the worst deal ever. So, uh, this there's a lot I actually learned to actually making uh, trying to trying to create like different companies and and, and do business. And one of the things that I that I, I can totally tell you is like people forget that the entertainment business is a business. People tend to focus only on the entertainment, and it's like it's all fun. 
And he's like, no, it's not. Like, business is supposed to be serious. Uh, yeah. You should treat money with due respect. And you're talking about money. Uh, don't say bucks. It's money. They're dollars. It's like a thousand dollars. No, it's not a thousand K. People don't treat actually money and business with respect when it comes to business, both as director or, or producer or as an actor. And this is one of the things that I can say. Like, if I'm going to uh, talk, you know, if, if I'm going to say, and I can actually give an advice to everyone, is like, focus on business. My, <clears throat> my phrase is always like, just keep the business approach. I'm gonna start as, a, as, as I'm gonna start as a, as a director. Then uh, the advice is like, okay, don't stop. If you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna go for it, go for it. Try to open all doors that you can, and create. If yeah. you want to be a director, you need to be a director. Uh, my mentor, my mentor is Guillermo Reaga. He's the screenwriter of uh, Babel, Twenty Grand Grams. Okay. And this and this guy, you know, he has he has been the Oscar like quite a few times. He has won a lot of things, and one of the things that he he always told me, and this is the reason why I earned his respect. His respect, sorry, uh, when we met is because I was like, no, I'm gonna be director. I don't want to be an assistant. And other people, you know, in school, they were like, oh, can I be your assistant? And they were like, no, Antonio is right. Like, if you want to be an assistant, then you're gonna be an assistant. If you want to be a director, then direct create your own content it doesn't matter if you start like small but the thing is that when you're actually creating you make mistakes and this yeah. is the best thing that you can learn from so you didn't take the um take the assistant job with him ne never like actually he would have killed me <laughs> no because uh at the end of the day was uh, like he, he knew me he knows like i'm stubborn uh, I'm, I'm really stubborn but also stubborn is not a bad thing it's not about trade you can use it for good so his position is just like that. Like, there's a lot, and this is something that is true, and uh, I see it a lot of time. There's people who start doing uh, first AC, first AD for films, and then just stay like that for like 20 years. Yeah. Being the director, he's like, oh, I wanted to direct. He's like, well, why you didn't direct it? So the best advice that I can give to directors is, if you want to direct, direct. But don't forget that it's a business. So if you're trying to direct, don't do things just for fun. Do things because you want to make money. Because this is how you get people to actually invest and give you money to go, to go for the next project and the bigger project and the bigger project. If you just okay. want to do things for to be a uh, you know an artist and then you just have and being a author, that's fine. But then you're just not gonna be successful when it comes into the making the big dollars in the in the box office. Yeah. That is what that is when it comes to you know for for directing for actors, the best advice that I can say <clears throat> is, same. Don't forget this is a business. But for actors, I have a bigger one. Boldness is the most important thing. Actors are not bold. Actors th think that everything is gonna kind of like just come to them because they're really good looking or they're really good at acting. Yeah. Uh, or they're like extremely talented. Yes, those are fine things to have, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because there's like thousands of them that are exactly and they look the same. You go to a casting call, all of them look the same because it is a fan <laughs> cast. So there's no, there's, there's no point for it. But one of, uh, one of my best friends, and also she's an amazing actress, her name is Katie Manova. She's a, she's a woman who goes, you know, she's in a network party and network event, and then she hears someone is, is uh, shooting a new feature film, and then she's going to turn around and be like, okay, so when do you want to audition me? 
Okay. Just straight, just straight to the producer. And uh, people are people are not like this. Bowman's actually are. It's it's it's, it's a really really uh, good thing to have as an actor, because you need to put your foot in the door every time that you see any opening. Yeah, and that's of, really good advice right there. And of course, having the business approach, <clears throat> because <clears throat> not is is not only about just trying to uh, to get auditions. It's about to lock in things and actually getting money. It is fine to pay to do and then do a few projects just just for free. But uh, people need to be careful with actors. Uh, it is a little more difficult because actors tend to just be takers because they get to be in stuff and they're like, okay, no, that's fine. Uh, you know, I'll take it. It's fine if you don't pay me, or it's fine if we don't sign a contract. And they get, they get, they get into really bad negotiations because of this, or into bad projects. So actors must remember that they also are in a business, and they treat themselves as a product, as a brand, and to sell themselves as such, and to always be bold. All right, always be bold. That is that is good advice. And yeah, don't be scared to put yourself out there if you hear somebody, uh, you know. If you hear somebody talking about something, ask to be part of it. If that's something you want to be part of, right? Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah. I think that the producer that that lady that your friend went up and said, "When are you going to audition me?" will automatically remember her more than all the thousands of other people they test. The, yeah, the thing the thing is that people are shy, and people would go on it like, "Hey, can I have your number? Like, maybe we can go and hang out, or we can have a, a coffee." The main goal is for you to to get an audition. So, just cut the, the, all this bullshit and all these steps. It, it, this is this is not productive. You just want to get this, go straight for it. Don't go in like because uh, people later on kind of like enter into the friend realm, and yeah. then you're like, oh yeah, but you know, like we're friends, so I cannot hire you right now. Like, well, at the end of the day, that's why you actually end up uh, getting in contact with this person because you want to be casted or you want to have an audition. So just go for it and say it straight away. So it's a lot like dating in a way. Like he could get thrown yeah. into the friend zone, and uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're, you if you're not bold, if you're group. not if you're not bold about it, let let that lady know what you want, and be like, oh, he's just so nice. He just wants to do everything with me, and it's like, no, no, that's not what I want. He's like, you're such a good friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing, and and then a lot of people are super scared. And but even even when you get uh, into the friend zone, that is not a bad thing because that means you're in a position of trust and respect. And this is what a lot of people like. Uh, people see everything as a bad thing. We always see kind of like the negative part, right? Yeah. But even the, even even if you're in the friend zone, that means you can switch any time because actually from trust, a lot of things, a lot of good things happen. Uh, most women actually would end up would end up marrying someone that they trust rather than someone that is, has been a dishback for them. So, that's very true, very true. Business, business actually plays off. It's everything about how you handle the situation and how you uh, how you push yourself to actually try to aim and achieve the goals that you aim for. All right, perfect, man. That's uh, that's some really good advice right there. I I really like it. Besides coming on shows like this and. Uh, or besides your friend, like walking up to uh, producers, being like, "Hey, audition me." What do you do to promote yourself? Uh, that, that's really funny. I actually don't promote myself a lot. Uh, I'm kind of <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna say like I, I've, I've been kind of like lucky. Um, what I, what I do is, what I do is, uh, I, I network and I work with people. 
uh, I like being uh, I like being professional. I like being respectful, and I like uh, you know like keeping always my word. Um, when it comes to actually shooting, one thing that pisses me off is uh, going overtime. I never go overtime. Okay. Because overtime is money. For me, it's a matter of respect, not spending much much more money of someone who is producing the thing. So also minding the the timing of everyone that is there because everybody gets tired. So all, all these people that, and all this crew that is working and we collaborate together, they like working with the people that actually finish on time. And then if you can actually finish way early, like a couple of hours, uh, they, they're gonna they're gonna love it. So because of this, you get recommended. And I have been lucky uh, due to you know this mentality of working this way. I finish a project and I get a call because someone recommended me for something else. And it switches a lot. Like uh, sometimes I'm editing, which uh, we were talking about it, and I really, <laughs> I kind of like hate it. Like I'm, uh, it's it's gonna sound bad if I say it. Look, I'm really good at it, but it's still, I hate it. It's it's uh, just tedious. It's tedious. Yeah, I don't have that set of mind like someone that would be doing uh, doing animation. It's like I have no idea. I respect them a lot. I cannot do it, but I can be called tomorrow for doing that, or I can be called for a feature film to coordinate sounds, or I can be called for directing tomorrow, and it just switches. So I, I do like so many things that I just keep going one another and then it just becomes like a snowball. It just keeps growing up. So like luckily, I have not had to promote myself, which is also a bad thing because uh, one really good friend, she has been uh, kind of like helping me to, uh, to analyze this because she was like, hey, your online presence is just, just like terrible. Like, yes, you're doing these projects and it's cool. But if you're not online, then you're not there. So actually, you, you raise a really good a really good point. Like uh, this is something that I need to do. Uh, I just started. Uh, right now, I'm gonna launch finally. I think in like two months, my website is gonna be AntonioCT.com. All right, awesome. And uh, most of my projects are gonna be there. Uh, also, one of the, one thing is uh, film festivals. Like luckily, my last project is a short film is called Mirror Protocol, and uh, this thing has been right now in. 13 festivals around the globe around the globe and i won uh, a couple of awards here uh i received a um a commendation from the legislature of uh, california as best nice. uh director in burbank oh very cool man very cool so what was the name of the film again mira m-i-r-a protocol mira protocol yeah okay all right, and what what's that? What's that about? All right, cool, cool. Just what's a brief synopsis of that one? It's a post-apocalyptic uh, movie where an eight-year-old girl uh, lives in this very repressive, um, you know, world where drug cartels actually took over the government, and she wants just to be free. She wants to go and play at a park across the street that is forbidden, and people die when they go there. Okay. So it's her birthday, and she just wants to do whatever she wants, like kids do. And okay. everything revolves about around her. All right, cool, cool. So uh, yeah, please send me a link. I'll check that out. And yeah, we'll uh, do. And like, what has been a highlight or two that you care to share that uh, that that you've experienced along your career? Not necessarily the highlight, because you know that's kind of a jackass question to ask but <laughs> but what is a highlight or two that you care to share uh i i, I can share something that is very inspirational I, I like i like i like inspiration moments all right sounds uh, good 
I have this film. This is the first film that I got to. I got into a film festival, and luckily for me, it was Cannes. So actually, I went there for the for the premiere. Really? Yeah, it was it was fun. So uh, when I was writing it, this and actually this film, I I, uh, I shot it during my master's degree here in uh, in in LA. So I could I I needed to deliver a, a script. I needed to deliver the script, and I was just like block. Uh, I don't believe in in writer's block, but. What I mean about block is like I wrote like 15 different drafts and they were like terrible, and I didn't <laughs> like them. I, I was inspired. I want to write a, a story about a an, an old, very old hitman who was kind of like retired and bored, and it was just not working. And then one day, I was just kind of like annoyed. But there was this lecture of Robert Mark. Robert Mark is the uh, screenwriter of uh, Taken and Karate Kid. I, I was thinking taken when you were saying like yeah. retired hitman. I was like, hmm. Okay. So I, I see I see uh I see there's gonna be a lecture of uh, Robert Mark. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go because I any 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 I need to listen, you know, about certain things. I, I want to ask questions because I, I'm just blocked. I need to get there. So I listened. We watched Taken actually that day. We watched Taken and there was a QA afterwards. So I stand up. Uh, this was in my first year here. So even though I have been, you know, studying English actually my whole life, I don't know. Sometimes the words can kind of like get messed up with your native tongue. But anyway, hey man, so hey man, you speak English way better than I speak Spanish. So <laughs> I can't, I can't say crap about that. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, but back then you, when when you just kind of like new here, sometimes uh, you know the circuits are kind of like all messed up. So you just switch words. But anyway, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got there for my Q&A, and I asked, uh, how do you live with deception? And then someone asked, someone, uh, she, he goes, like, of my wife. And then someone, you know, in, in the audience, a uh, Latin girl of the stands, he's like, no, 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 he made disappointment. Oh, disappointment. And they were like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Now, yeah, well, how, do you, how do you deal with disappointment? And then he goes, like, I don't know, like, of what? You're like, whenever you're not reaching the goal that you want to achieve. Like, what happens when you're trying to write this story? And uh, it is like, you're so blocked on it. It's just not working on any levels. Like, what do you do? Like, how do you deal with that kind of stress when, you know, you need to deliver on deadlines. And mostly when it's like this kind of big studios, you get six months stops and then you need to deliver. There's no way around it. Yeah. And then he, he pauses. I, I love the pause that he made. He just pauses. Take a look at the audience and then just says, the only thing I worry since I wake up until I go to sleep, is where am I going to have dinner that day? And then I, I'm like, uh, okay. And then he proceeds to explain, and 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 it, and it was so beautiful. Uh, he said, like, there's no point for me to worry about anything else. Like, uh, I like to worry about the things that actually matter in my life. Like, the job, my work, of course, matters, but it is not something that is important for me to lose sleep. If something is not working, I set it up aside. I work on something else that is going to be inspiring me in this moment. And then I just keep working. The inspiration is going to come later on. Like it is something that you can trigger. But when it's when you have stress in between, it just blocks everything. It doesn't uh, make you think logically. And I'm a very logical person. So it was kind of like a, like a slap in the face. And I was like, he's absolutely right. I came back uh, that night. I was just kind of like all over the place. I couldn't sleep the whole night. And then when I um, I had to be on set at 6 a.m., so I was like, oh, fuck it. Like, after, like, 
all night just being, you know, like just turning around in my bed. I go taking a shower and in my head I start like actually uh, listening to tango music for any particular reason. I was just kind of like, you know, in this kind of like zone, right? Okay. And then I was like, okay, fine. So the whole day I was listening to tango music and then after the, uh, after actually shooting for 12 hours that day, I came back at home that night and wrote this script, which is called Killer Tango. And it's a very interesting story of an 85-year-old serial killer who likes to talk about his killings, but no one believes him because he's very old. Okay. Very and, interesting. Uh, I, I just love it because sometimes you never know where inspiration is going to come from. And this is what I, Robert Mark kind of like taught me. Like, just focus on something else and it's going to come to you. Yeah. And you know what's cool is that at first... That his response started sounding out, uh, came out sounding kind of like, you know, okay, that's kind of a cop out like response. Oh, I only worry about dinner, uh, where I'm gonna eat at night or whatever. It's like, okay, can, like, that's not gonna help me like make this <laughs> thing that I'm trying to make. But then going on and explaining it more, like, could it did it like. Did it totally change the way that you thought about uh, about writing and uh, your work? It, it relaxed me. Uh, there's, there's something that I'm going to say. Like One of the biggest pieces that conforms me as a director, I have gotten from very, very unusual pieces of advice. Like this one, it was about how to deal with stress. Uh, how to direct, for example. Uh, and uh, it, came, it, came up, it, it came from food. Of people teaching me, you know, how a good gourmet would actually prepare his food. Or one of my professors actually showing me, uh, telling me, like, you know what, the way I light, it is the way I cook. Like, I don't even follow recipe. I just throw chicken, which is the main ingredient, and then I'm trying to spice it up until it tastes really good. And this <laughs> is the way he creates his light. He goes for the key light, and then he just keep putting light until everything looks uh, fucking fantastic. This director, this, sorry, this uh, cinematographer works for Disney all the time for major feature films. So, yeah, all the best advices that I have got, they always come from the most unexpected advices. That's great, man. That's great. So um, when somebody comes and, like, sees your work, like, sees, sees either the music video that you directed uh, or eventually comes to, uh, comes to Howler, and uh, sees sees your take of zombie chickens, and <laughs> what what do you what do you want them to take away from your work, your performance, and remember? Like what what do you want them to like go away feeling? I uh, I I think there's kind of like a discrepancy here between what I want and what people get, okay. because. What I what I like is leaving a message. I love values. Uh, I was I was raised in a family, you know, like it's really moral. Like uh, values matter, and uh, actually, you know, being respectful, having honor, actually, is something that is important. Always being honest. So I like always leaving a good message. Even in the serial killer story, it's a story about honesty. It is kind of like <laughs> fucked up in a way, but it's a story about honesty. Uh, so that, true. That is what I true. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, like it, it is very hidden. But what people, <laughs> what people get usually is uh, the surreal feels 
of the of the stories, uh, the dark undertones or the very dark sense of humor. This is what people usually just kind of like get you know go away with. Okay. All right. Cool. I, I guess I have that kind of dark sense of humor myself as well. Like it's like kind of a dark, sometimes cheesy sense of humor that I have. Uh, but I, I I relate to I can relate to the the old ass serial killer, nobody believing him that he did it, and uh, the message in the end being honesty. <laughs> yeah, like even the tagline for that. Uh... In the poster, is like uh, you would never forget your first time, and it is the, the, it's like the, the nice. whole privilege like has a lot of sexual connotation, and then he is like so, uh, you know, he's kind of like a, a, such a, a ladies' man, like his whole life. Okay. And the way he kills, the, you know, the, his victims is by first he only picks women who have long hair because he likes choking them with their own hair. Okay. While dancing, so, well, after dancing, so I don't know. And then I'll send you a link of this one. Not my best uh, project ever because I was absolutely under budget, but the script I love. So okay. maybe you're gonna be able to appreciate it because well, you you like actually dark humor. Maybe maybe you'll be able to get it remade at some point when you have the budget too. So, but yes, I would I, like I, to do a TV series of this one. I, I want to uh, check that out as well. Um, one of my recent guests, uh, Noah Gain, he's a stand-up comedian up here in the Bay Area. Um, he is uh, his episode is called the Ser- Serial Comic. He's kind of really interested in serial killers, and uh, we were talking about serial killers on that episode too. I found out like uh, basically. A lot of serial killers and psychotic people have the same kind of handwriting. They make like the devil's pitchfork on the end of their Ys or like the dangling down <laughs> things. I was like, oh, okay. Now I know how to spot a psychotic uh, you know, person. <laughs> I'm like, here, before I do any business with you, please write something here. Oh, I mean, I'm going to show you. Like, this is this is one of my side reads right now that I have. Okay, the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> All right. Very it's, cool. Uh, yeah, the... History Channel. We just made like a history, one of the magazines they just featured a couple of months ago. But yeah, they're really interesting <laughs> as characters. They're really interesting characters. They're yes. of people, but <laughs> don't don't scare me, man. Don't 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 be scaring me like this. I'm going. Yeah, no, 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 don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, like they're, they're gonna do the Ted Bundy with uh, Zac Efron. I think he's the he's the one who's gonna be playing it. Yeah, and. Uh, I, I find I think it's real fascinating because he was kind of like a mastermind of manipulating. He had kind of like the look, so it is it was easier for him to attract people, which is perfect for a predator. So, uh, like the whole story, is me and uh, you know one girl that I was with for the longest time, we had like this fascination for horror and uh, serial killers and you know vampires and all this kind of stuff. And in Mexico City, every year there would be like this exhibition of serial killers, and it is like so amazing how much. Not the stories per se, because yes, they're fascinating uh, in the way of just kind of not entertainment, but just like the psychological point of view. But it is fascinating to see how many people does this kind of thing attract because the morbidity of it is something that is always going to be selling. Yeah. Marketing wise, it's just pure goal because people want to watch these things. Not happening, but. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. Nobody really, where most everybody doesn't want to see a serial killer actually do his work. <laughs> but yeah. um, it, it's except a, Russians, maybe. 
Maybe, maybe those crazy red commie bastards. No, <laughs> no, no. They, they have had uh, you know serial killers that the people they know that, that this is happening and then they don't capture them until later on. I don't know if it's because they're just lazy or I don't know. They just like it and enjoy watching them and then the news. But population happens. control, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but possible, it very, very well could be. Very well could be. Oh, shit. I had something in mind. I just totally forgot what it was, what I was going to say. But anyway, um, if I think of it, I will throw it back in here and uh, backtrack a little bit. But right. uh, I do have one final question left for you. It's the title question of the show. But before we get to that, um, where can people find you on the Internet? Like, what's your socials? Um, like, you have a website coming out. Uh, where can people? Where would people be able to find you when they look online? No, I'm not. I'm not that big into actually being posting and stuff like that. I treat social media as a personal album, so usually it's like kind of like very dark uh, inside jokes. But actually, it's really it is really nice the way it is because I don't know. I, I think as a photographer, so I like composition. I like colors. Uh, Instagram, uh, you can find me as the like, you know, T H uh, E the underscore antonio underscore ct okay uh on facebook uh just as an antonio ct uh, and i have one show that actually you might want to check it out like uh we didn't talk about, about it right now but uh perhaps uh, another time it is something that we just started and we're trying to push it out we kind of like have to push it back a little bit because i'll tell you in a second it's called angry girls angry girls huh but uh, girls with a u so okay. angry girls so uh, with this, we're gonna have the whole works. Like we have the Twitter, we have um, the Instagram account, we have Tumblr. Like we have the whole thing because, but because we only have four episodes right now up uh, that we wanted, we were kind of like just testing the audience to see what kind of like things we were gonna modify with the shows. The only thing that is working right now, it is Facebook. Same thing as Angry Girls, uh, Girls with a U, and YouTube. You can just search for Angry Girls. And pretty much, this is an action comedy show. It's very, it's kind of like okay, slapstick. Very cool. Uh, it is two, two girls who just play different characters every time, and they just beating the crap out of each other all the, for different reasons. <laughs> okay. Uh, both of them are, you know, are, are uh, one of my best friends here. Like, actually, they're kind of like my family here in LA, and they just wanted to do something where they could act, but they also could do stunts. And uh, because w this is the way we met, they're like, okay, do you want to direct it? He's like, okay, give me the idea. Let's see. Like, that is really new. I had never seen something like that. So, you should, yeah, you should totally uh, go and watch it. It's, it's fun. And these two girls being in the cup of each other. It's just always fun to see two girls yeah, fighting. Yeah, of course. No, you, you, you know how girls fight. They just go for it. If you send me a link to that, Andrew, and... And then I'll get your social media and everything. Put that in the show notes so people can easily find you. And uh, then they they can say hi and uh, tell you you really need to do the zombie chickens. The zombie chickens, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I don't know. I might be selling a little bit too hard. I'll try my best. I, I know I can find a way to make it happen nice so i have one final question for you it's the title question of the show antonio ct how do you live uncontained i'm a taurus me too and oh that's fine i'm the last day of taurus which day are i you? am right near the right near the end of it i 
I am uh, actually no, I'm near the beginning of it. I'm sorry, April 27th. So I'm kind of kind of towards okay. uh, Aries Taurus cusp type. I, I'm a 20th, uh, so pretty much I'm just right there with Gemini. Okay. Uh, pretty much since I'm a kid, when uh, everybody would ask, like, you know, what is the trait? Of, how would you describe Antonio? They always say, like, he's stubborn. <laughs> and this is literally the thing that has kind of, like, marked my life. Uh, later on, I kind of, like, say, like, you know what? I'm going to make it a, a positive thing. So I'm just freaking stubborn. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to stop. And this is this is actually what has kind of like driven me to do things as crazy as moving to a different country, selling the company that I had. Uh, I had a relationship with this with this girl. Like we went together for uh, her name is Sylvia. We were together for five years. She pushed me. We ended up kind of like splitting apart after me being uh, one year here because we have different paths. And it is about being relentless. Uh, never stopping because of nothing. I just had a conversation with a friend of mine from Mexico. He came and visited because he just had a son. And he said, like, you know what? I know that you're just going to hit, like, one really good project and that's going to trigger your career. And, like, oh, yeah, good. like, hopefully God is going to hear you. Like, no, I swear to God, because you're fucking stubborn. <laughs> like, there's some moment where someone is going to say, like, okay, fine, have some money and that's it. <laughs> fine, fine. Will you stop bothering me if I do this? Then, <laughs> Yeah, like, and, and I don't know, like, maybe it's going to happen. Uh, even my mom used to say that uh, people just end up doing what I want because I don't stop talking. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, <laughs> whatever works, whatever works. I'm not here to judge. That's that's awesome, though, man. Uh, it kind of goes along with your being bold uh, that you mentioned earlier. You know, bold and stubborn together can, can take you places. And if you manage, you know, to put them there in a positive way, it is a good skill to have. Yes. It is yes, a tool. Definitely. All right. Antonio, I would like to thank you for coming on the show today and uh talking thank you for with having me. Yeah, Loved it. It was a blast. Uh got you know. I am look I am looking forward to checking out some of the projects you have uh coming out, uh especially Howler and uh or Howlers, right? Howlers, okay. I will, fingers, I will, yes. I'll say that correctly. Uh, looking forward to Howlers coming out, and uh, also looking forward to checking out some of those links you send me. But I have one final thing for you to do today, and it's just my pleasure. Uh, let me think about no it problem. for a second. Take your time. I'll edit yeah. out the thinking part. <laughs> yeah, no problem. All right, ready and coming. Thank you all for watching Uncontained. I'm Antonio CT, and uh, keep listening to this guy because he's awesome. How about that? And could you wrap it up with, I'm and I live uncontained, like I'm Antonio CT and I live uncontained? I'll all go right. again. Okay, good, if good. you want to throw out uh, a plea to the sharks to take you on the show, you can do that too. I don't know if it'd help or all, but <laughs> thanks everyone to, for watching the show. I live in Contain. I'm Antonio CT, and have a good night. Thank you for listening, and that does it for another episode of Uncontained. And also, thank you to Antonio CT for taking the time and joining me, sharing what he has going on, including that totally awesome horror movie 
interactive project coming up and uh yeah i'm i'm excited i want to go down check that out if it doesn't come near me i'm gonna have to go near it and uh yeah it, it'll be an experience i love the haunted the haunted hay rack rides and stuff that we or haunted houses I love the haunted hayrack rides or haunted houses, and uh, this is just taking it to the whole next level. So please check him out. His social media is in the show notes, and uh, I'll ke- I'll have everything linked up for you. Thank you for listening, and until next time, live uncontained.